Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. My name is Mike. This is my buddy Derek. What's up, Mike? And what's up, everybody? brother man? And we are the oh, we're the Derek and Mike show now, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, no, yes, we are. We are officially Derek and Mike. In the first few episodes, oh, actually, uh, through a heated game of rock paper scissors, we became the Mike and Derek show. Uh, but due to domain name availability we are now the Derek and mike show all right i was gonna all take right. more credit for that actually i was gonna say it was a maneuvering that i did and um i was like oh wait that d won't work next to that other d because if you look at the domain name mike and Derek, it's oh. m-i-k-e-a-n-d-d-e-e-e-r-e-k I mean, uh, yeah, how, two D's in a, in a row. That that's just that's annoying, uh, and causes effort and confusion, and no one wants either. Yeah, yeah. So right. that was the sole so reason. was available. Yes, but it was just stupid. It was, uh, was. DerekandMike.com was also available and less stupid. Yes. All right. Yeah. All right. So. And, and then I like my I like my comment, so I'm going to repeat it on the show where I thought. Uh, that's a great domain name, easy to spell and easy to remember, DerekandMike.com. But it also sounds like a wedding website for a gay couple. Doesn't I was, it? I was, rolling, I was rolling when you said that, yeah. Because it's like, <laughs> <laughs> it I mean, totally you, does. Yeah, you can't explain that one away. It's like if I was handing out a business card and it was like DerekandMike.com, you'd be like, uh, wait a minute. Maybe I should tell this person I'm not gay first, yeah. you know. I just expect to see a link to a wedding registry on DerekandMike.com. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe maybe we should set it up that way, dude, and that should just be our whole, like, our website. The Derek and Mike podcast, and it'll be, like, you know, us and those those super lame, like, engagement photos where we're, like, I don't know. With uh, the sun set in the background and it's, yeah, yeah, the like, sun is uh, glistening and over a, a ring. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, uh, uh, walking down a a beach at sunset time or something like that. Yeah, some nice engagement photos. Throwing Frisbee back and forth. (laughs) (laughs) And a countdown at the top, like a countdown to the big day. And it's a white Frisbee. Yeah, oh yeah, it's got to be a white Frisbee with like lace, a lace bow on it or something. And I'm wearing shorts and they're rolled up on the bottom. Yeah, yeah, because you didn't plan on being at the beach that day, but just, you know, spontaneous love caused us to go to the beach. So (laughs) you're wearing pants, but you're dealing with it. You're just rolling them up. (laughs) Who gets to be the girl? Are you the girl? I see it that way. Um, I don't know. I think that's a a touchy subject Are we both wearing pants rolled up? Uh, I don't don't know. I think that... uh, What kind of couple are we? Well, one person's wearing jeans, I think. Another okay. person is wearing, um, what are those? Not khakis, but like kind of khakis, yeah. Oh, or like, like a, shorts? Like doctors, yeah, boater shorts, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. All that's, right, that's ambiguous. <laughs> that's ambiguous. All right. All right. Huh, I like it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, we're, yeah. Uh, we're, we're an unclear couple. We're, uh, 
you know, don't worry about it kind of couple. Yeah. People hey. are like, so which one of you is which? Like, yeah, don't worry about it. We're, we're just Derek and Mike. That's right. DerekandMike.com. Yeah. Come listen to All our right. podcast already. Yeah, come listen to our podcast. You'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah, it's a good domain name, and I'm I'm uh I'm proud to be the uh subordinate in our in our new podcast title to you, my friend. I think it's a good name. Yeah, you know, it was a business decision. It was, it was and <laughs> it was purely professional. Purely professional, but you know, we could see clearly that one name stands nicely like well you, before uh, the other. I like how you presented the case like, hey, MikeAndDerek.com is available, but it's got two D's in a row. So Derek and Mike is also available. (laughs) That was pretty great. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Oh, man. But you have to, I mean, I was just being honest, you know, I mean, the two D's is a distraction. It's not right. Yeah. It's not right. No, 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 no. And a domain name needs to be easy to type and remember. And the last thing you want to do is be like explaining it all the time. Like it's Mike and Derek and there's two D's. Like, I don't, I don't want to have to go through that. That's no way to go through life. Yeah. Mike dash Derek dot com. Oh yeah. Or dot net. Like the dreaded hyphen. Yeah. Oh man. You, you were in radio. You've, (laughs) haven't you done some commercials where you're like, you have to spat out a domain name and it's got a hyphen in it or something where it's like, Oh dude, you don't even know, dude. (laughs) Yes. The hyphen's terrible, but there are some companies that just don't understand that like in the least. And they would literally give you a domain name or it would have a slash in in another page or whatever. Like, Hey, check out all the great deals at stevesrv.com slash great dash deal dash now. And you're like, no, no, I'm, I'm not. You, you got to be kidding me. No one's going to your website, Steve. It's not happening. Yeah. Like, like, like no, no. Uh, that would be too much to look at visually, let alone audibly. That, that's never happening. It's a terrible idea. Your business is doomed. I've heard some radios, uh, radio station ads before, like talking, like repeating a, a domain name before with hyphens in it. And it was just like. It was almost laughable. I mean, it was like, yeah. come You're to great dash carpet dash getaway dot com yeah. or dot show. Person, and you're like, not one person in that entire listening audience is going to your website. Yeah. Not one. Like a dash is, I mean, it's really just another keystroke. It's the same as any other letter. But when you hear a dash in a website, you just instantly check out and, and it's just like, uh, yeah, I'm never going to that. So I don't even need to try and retain this. There's a dash in it. Yeah. Nope, same goes for me for, for .net. Uh, I can't help but be judgy when someone tells me their website and it's, you know, uh, realtor.net where you're just kind of like, oh, huh. You're so tied to that that you couldn't even you couldn't even find something with dot com, huh? Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, and look mm-hmm. at how many websites who are named that have nothing to do with what it is that they actually do. Um, oh yeah. Well, I mean, it is getting hard, and in, in in everyone's defense, it, domain names are coming becoming harder and harder to come by. I'm surprised, honestly, that Derek and Mike uh, was available. Um, I was too. I mean, I'm almost insulted that that no gay Derek and Mike couples have bought the domain yet. I'm surprised. Surprised. I know. uh, Yeah. It's kind of surprising, but, um, you know, fortunate, but surprising. Yeah. Huh? Huh? My wife and I did a website and I don't remember what the name of it was. I want to say it was just Sarah and Mike, 
com. That was a beautiful website. Remember. That was a very pretty website you guys had. It was black, I remember, right? And uh, yeah, it was, I built that one in in WordPress, and uh, it's pretty easy actually. There's a lot of quick and easy tools to make your own wedding website, baby websites too. We did a website for for the first baby. The second baby, I didn't have time to do freaking anything. Uh, but the first baby, we did like a whole website thing and, and with the baby registry and the due date and photos and all that fun stuff. Yeah. That was back, pretty fun. Yeah. <clears throat> and now you mostly just use tools, right? So you probably did some, uh, um, custom development in that, or was that WordPress or it wasn't yeah. WordPress back then, right? Well, when we got married. Yeah. When you got oh, married and gosh. before. Well, now that I'm remembering it, I think I'm wrong. I don't think I built the wedding website myself or on WordPress. I think it was part of a package uh, on one of those websites, you know, where you can buy a package and the whole template's already there. You just plug in your own colors and info. I think it was one of those, actually. It was a nice website, though. So speaking of websites, um, I think it was last weekend you said you were going to be at the beach with your kids. Yeah, man. We went to the beach on this this past Saturday last week. It was awesome. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, that's cool. What did you take uh, like a cooler? Did you make a day out of it or Well, okay, so I imagine a lot of parents do this with their first trip to the beach with their kids as we like way fucking overdid it. We brought way too much shit and it's so hard to fucking move from your car to the beach with two kids, uh let alone uh a, a wagon load full of shit. Yeah. And uh we 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 learned a lot. We realized that our our beach game was not strong, but we learned and and hopefully the next time we go we'll dial it in a little bit better. But yeah, we brought a yeah. ton of stuff. I bought one of those like half tent shade things and I was pissed cuz I bought it on Amazon and the picture I saw showed it as being just like a zero assembly, pop it up, pop it down, super quick and easy tent and it wasn't that at all. I had to like I had to uh put the poles together and feed the poles through loops in the tent and pitch it like the whole, uh, I was just like, Oh yeah, all this with a two year old, just freaking running around and a four month old in the sun that needed shade and, uh, fucking lugging all kinds of chairs and a nice chest and the whole thing. And it was, it was nuts. But anyway, once we finally got our shit unloaded, found parking, which was a motherfucker and got onto the beach, it was like seriously one of the best days ever. That's cool. That's yeah. That's really nice. I, you know, that tent story reminds me of a, uh, an event that took place in my life. And I call it an event because it was um, probably one of Megan's favorite stories of me. And <laughs> we, we went to the beach and I got one of those tents as well. And yeah. this one was kind of like it was that wire type um, tent. It may be the same thing that you kind of had there, but to uh fold it down you had to follow a process you know kind of like those uh things that cover your dash in the from the sun yeah in the car it was like you had to like twist it around and do something like that and um so my brother-in-law had one of these and uh we went to the beach one time and I'm, i'm switching up stories a little bit and telling the background of this we went to the beach one time and he had one and when he went to go clean it up. He picked it up and I swear he just like flipped it around and like three seconds later it was all folded and everything. I was like, wow, that's so easy. So we went to the beach and it came time for me to pack that thing up and I could not do it, dude. 
I was sitting there. I was mad. I started getting angry, like, because, and I usually don't get mad, but it was like, I'm personifying this stupid tent. I'm like watching YouTube videos and, uh, there people around me are laughing. That's kind of why I was like frustrated too, because people were watching me try to fold this thing and they were like laughing hysterically. Yeah. It's dude. It's, I hate those things that I think I know what you're talking about where you never really like kind of insert the rods or do anything. It's just the whole structure itself pops up and then you fold it in a certain origami kind of impossible way. That's, and then yeah. it all goes back into a bag, but that never happens. Exactly. Oh man. I hate those things. Yeah. So, I start, we're about to leave and I couldn't fold it up and it's kind of sizable too. So I'm, I'm dragging it across the beach (laughs) and we're, we're at Santa Monica beach. It's a huge beach. I mean, enormous, like it's, it's a long distance to to get back to the car. So I'm, I'm dragging it behind me and then we stop about halfway and then I'm trying to fold it again, but like away from where people can't see me anymore because I was tired of getting stared at. And then I look over and they're all looking at me. <laughs> they're all watching me like trying to twist it over like a hundred yards away now. And then uh, that was like kind of frustrating. So I just dragged it back to my car and stuffed it in the trunk and then just we drove <laughs> off. And it was a story that Megan has the rest of her life that she loves to tell and she tells it better than I do. Oh my God, dude. I I feel your pain. Our neighbors gave us one that wasn't like a full size tent. It was like a little baby shade pop up. So it was, it was really small and it did the same thing. It came in the tiniest little pouch all folded up properly. And then once you took it out of the pouch and let go of it, it just popped into shape. And it was like a little clamshell shaped baby shade thing. Uh, I guess meant for like a park, you know, just kind of lay the baby in it, get the, get a little shade sort of thing, but it was really small. Yeah. And this tiny little thing looked so simple and I just popped it out while we were, well, when they gave it to us, I popped it open in the garage. Like, Oh wow, this is really cool. Okay. And I tried to fold that thing back up in every conceivable way to put it back in this tiny little pouch. And I tried and tried and tried and I could never get it. And I just put it aside, left it fully, you know, popped out and left it, left it in the, uh, in the open state forever. And every once in a while I'd walk by it and go like, what the fuck, dude? And try it again and try it again. And I must have tried half a dozen times on it. And eventually I just went like, fuck this thing. And I smashed it into a trash can. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I, honestly, I think it's the same one. Oh, I man. do. I think it's not, it was a clamshell. It was also a clamshell. Oh, and man. she was six months old. And yeah, yeah, I think that's what it was. I think it probably, was, maybe I was picturing oh. it being bigger, but. Um, well, like yeah. the one we got for the beach is big enough for two adults or two adults and a baby to sit inside. It's like a half tent. Uh, but yeah, this one that I'm that I'm talking about, it was just just big enough for a little infant. You know, yeah, like you said, a little six month old to lay in it. It was real small and um, impossible to fold back up and put inside this pouch. <laughs> impossible. Thank you. And, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> dude, I, I still remember that. It's funny you bring it up because I didn't thought about it in a while. But yeah, dude, when, when I was just trying it one more time and I'm like, come on. I, I It wasn't even that I really wanted to use this thing or anything. I just, I felt like it was defeating me and I had to yes, figure it thank out. Thank you. Yes. It looks so simple that I'm like, come on, I'm a smart guy. Like, I can't figure this fucking thing out. That was exactly and, uh, my angle too. You're right. You're yeah, that's how uh, I, I felt. tried everything. I used process of elimination. Okay, it's not this thing first, it's this thing first. Nope, not that thing first either. Okay, it can only be so many things first. Like there aren't a billion parts of it. 
why can't I figure it out? And yeah, eventually I just crushed it and threw it away. And on the YouTube video, <laughs> they show it. Oh. Like they have a demonstration of it on the YouTube oh. video. And, and it guy. just, it's like they're going slow. They're like, do this step one, do this step two. And then they're like, here's three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You know, and you're like, wait, wait a minute. I can't see. They, they just they just do some <laughs> compound move that's like, okay, so you just grab it like this and twist and pull and fold. And you're like, but, wait, 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 <laughs> twist and pull and fold, that, that part. What, what what are you doing there? They just do that whole like three-part move in the blink of an eye. Yeah. And that's that's the money part. That's the part I can't get where I'm just like, what? And I try to do it fast too. I'm like, okay, maybe I just need to do it fast like they did. Like, oh, no, no, that ain't it. Yeah. Okay. Shoot, yeah. shoot, shoot, shoot. Nope. <laughs> Nope. Yeah. I hate those things. I think it was the same one. That's funny. I bet. And, and you know, um, my sister's ex-husband, uh, he's like the, he's a big brawny man. Like he's like six foot one, but his shoulders are like twice the size of mine. Like he's just enormous. <laughs> he, he is just yeah. like, he a would be a mountain of a man. He's a, he's a mountain. He would be a Viking. If he were like oh, a lad back then, he would be like right. the head Viking. Like everybody would respect him. I mean, everybody does respect him now, but people would like go down to their knees for him. But, um, so he, he's the one that actually showed me and he made it look so simple too. I, I feel so scrawny near him anyway. And then, and then like, he was like, Oh yeah. And I was like, and like, he's looking at me the whole time. Like as he's doing it too, he's not even like looking at the thing. He's like, just like this. Boom. He's like here, little man, let me show you how to do this with his gigantic hands. Yeah. Yeah. And then he hands it to you and you just feel like this little mousy minuscule person. Like, I I can't do it, sir. I can't do it. (laughs) That's right. And now, now actually the rest of the story is coming back to me because that (laughs) that's the first time I took that little shell was when I went to go and visit them, uh, my sister and him. And that's the first time I took it and I (laughs) undid it and I couldn't get it working. And then that's when he, (laughs) he stepped in for me and he was like, what, 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 what. Oh, you go. just do this twist you know this pole and you're you like know? oh all right that looked easy and he's like an iron worker and like he's like he climbs like tall buildings he's like part of building like tesla the tesla oh, factory wow. he's yeah he's like a total manly man but, <laughs> and not that this thing requires strength at all it's just pure finesse and technique yeah, I don't know what it is to this day. I kind of want it to be a mystery. I don't want to figure it out at this point. <laughs> oh, my God. No, I totally know what you mean, dude. Uh, so many kid toys are 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 just too fucking hard to figure out. Where, like, again, like, I'm, 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 a, decent, I'm a fairly smart guy. I, I feel less smart sometimes with, with things like this and sometimes my kids' toys. But, uh, yeah, sometimes where you're just like, kind of like, who designed this? What sadistic fucker thought this up and why couldn't it just be a little more simple and uh fuck that guy well what what kind of toy are you talking about i don't know dude like uh like building the toys yeah i guess like sometime assembly like i'm pretty good at assembling things though Um, yeah yeah and then and then the obvious thing of sometimes uh toys that need assemble or any kind of thing that needs assembly is just designed poorly and the holes aren't drilled in the right place and you have to kind of make it fit you know sometimes stuff just doesn't fit um but i am pretty good at assembly actually as a matter of fact i just finished building a brand new patio table it took me two days 
uh, speaking of being good at assembly, but it didn't take me like two whole days. It took me two dad days, which means yeah, I had yeah. two, two sessions of like 13 minutes each to, uh, to devote to assembling this table. So when you so, went out uh, there, you went out to get some business done. You're like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I go out there and it's just like, yeah, yeah. I've got about 14 minutes uh, before I need to go back to being a dad. So I'm going to use that 14 minutes uh, as efficiently as I can. Um, so yeah, went out there, put together this this nice new steel patio table set, which I'm stoked on because we just had a whole new like patio cover put in the backyard, and it's, I mean, that like transformed the backyard. Just having a covered space in the backyard makes it feel like like a, an entirely different space. It's usable. It's awesome. Yeah. And we just had some bullshit fold up table with card, t- card chairs out there for a long time. That just looks so ghetto. And, uh, we finally got a nice steel patio table set out there. And, um, is that like put into the concrete kind of, or no, no, nothing like that. Just, oh, okay. just like a table, you know, with four legs that, that stands on the concrete and then, and then six chairs, but it required a lot of assembly. Um, all the chairs came in a bunch of pieces, each arm and each leg and the back and the bottom was all a separate piece. So there's just a fuckload of bolts. Um, and it, so it took a while, but nothing hard. It just took a while. And then it made me think of that because some of the holes just didn't line up well. And I had to do that thing where when you're building a, ta- a chair and there's like 14 bolts that hold the chair all together. And what I did is I made the, the amateur mistake on the first chair where I, I put the back piece on and tightened the bolts down all the way before yeah. moving on to the other pieces. Uh-huh. And then the other pieces naturally didn't line up. So I, I, you know, you loosen all the bolts, you put the entire chair together with all the bolts, but keep them all loose. So the whole thing can wiggle a little bit and, and kind of shift itself. And then once it's all assembled, then tighten all the bolts down. And that makes all the difference in the world. So, um, yeah, yeah. I built a, um, uh, we have a solar cover for the pool. So it was like mm-hmm. a s- solar cover, uh, roller and, uh, that was an all day project, but it was nice. Cause I could just jump in the pool when I got hot and go back to building and jump in the pool. That It is kind of nice to do projects in the backyard when you have a pool. My dad uh, has a pool, and when we start working on shit in his backyard, it's nice just to uh, take that break and dive in and then go back to work, like, dripping wet. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. It, it makes it fun. It makes it much nicer. I'm really enjoying so this the, backyard, yeah. Oh, I bet. Yeah. I bet, man. This is the first time you've had a real usable backyard, like, in your life since you were a kid, I imagine all, all your life that I've known you, you've been in like in apartments or in LA where you had that tiny little, you know, backyard area and all that. Um, have you ever had a full blown backyard like this? No, no, I haven't. This is the first house that I've owned. And nice. no, I, I gotta say, I know what I've been missing. I, I didn't realize what I was missing and it's just amazing. Just your own little den back there. This yeah. is mine. You know, I can do what I want back here and, I love the garden and the pool. And I mean, I couldn't be happier. I'll be honest with you. I'm like, that's awesome. I do meetings in my, I call it the man cave. Um, My garage, it's a a detached garage. And then behind this is my garden. So I work in here. And then during the day after a meeting or whatever, I'll go do weeding or tend to the tomatoes and then jump in the pool and then come back in for another meeting. I feel like I have it made. It's like that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it really is, man. So when you're doing meetings, like you're dripping wet with no shirt on, and they're just like, "Hey, hey, Tarek, did you just like get out of the shower or something, or what's going on over there?" 
or are your are your meetings video meetings? Uh, they could be. I mean, oh, okay. it, maybe that's happened before. But usually, if I know I have a meeting, I'm gonna jump in the pool. I might jump in the pool um an hour before that, and then by then my shorts are usually dry. Because if I'm gonna jump in the pool, it means I'm gonna get out and work on something until I kind of dry off. Sure, uh, but well, you're yeah. lucky too, or maybe it's just well thought out. Is you don't have any hair, so that's one of the biggest dead giveaways that you're soaking wet. Uh, you can jump in a pool, dry your bald head off, and no one knows that you were in a pool. Like just like a minute later. So, Mike, I just realized that you probably never see me without my shirt on. Uh, yeah, we've we've swam together. We've gone to like the beach or something, haven't we? Yeah, probably. What I'm saying we, we, is, we I, lived. I'm we like, lived together. <clears throat> I've seen you without your shirt on. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I'm a big hairy mess. Is what I'm saying. You're, yeah, you're fucking yeah. hairy as shit. But I mean, <laughs> chest hair doesn't hold hair like long head hair. Yeah, I mean, I know. you can dry just, off your chest real quick, right? Yeah, yeah, I can dry off that fast. Yeah, that's true. No, wow. yeah, I enjoy not having hair. It's nice. I don't know why nice. other people have hair. I don't understand it. Why? What's going on? What are you hiding? That's my thought. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I'm teasing. I don't care about who has hair, who doesn't have hair. <laughs> so if I oh, meet somebody, man. they're like, hey, why are you staring at my hair? You're just like, I'm, I'm coveting your hair. I'm envious. Until yes. it's time to jump in a pool and then have, an, have a meeting immediately after, because then hair sucks. It's a dead giveaway. And you know what I realized, too, is like I'm full on Friar Tuck here. If I was going to grow hair out, I'd be like Friar Tuck. Who wants to look like Friar Tuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Deep thoughts. Deep thoughts by Derek. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, like, sometimes I wonder, like, if I start going bald, will I just go bald or will I do the effort of shaving my hair? I don't know. You're I'm pretty gonna, lazy. You're not going to go bald. What makes you think uh, you're going to go bald? Are you? I, I, I neither one of neither one of my grandparents, my my grandfather's, my mom's dad, or my dad's dad weren't bald. They both ended up having full heads of hair until they died in their 70s or 80s. Uh, my dad's got a full head of hair, so I should be good. Uh, I worry about my son though. My first son almost entirely takes after my wife's dad, and Cute. from what I understand. Uh, baldness comes from your maternal grandfather. I don't know if that's true or not, but I've heard that. So we'll go with that. Yeah, and I think that's true. Uh-huh. My wife's dad is uh, is very bald. So it's possible my boy will go bald before I do. I think so. And there's nothing wrong with going bald. No, no, no. I, I guess what I just, I wonder like if I went bald, would I shave my head or would I just let it be bald? I don't know. Yeah, I think I yeah. I think I would like the idea of shaving my head. But then I also think like that takes effort to like maintain a shaved head. I mean, how often do you have to shave your head to prevent like stubble? I mean, every day, every other day, pretty often, um, right? It depends on how close you want it to be or, you know, if you want to shave, like actually use like a razor, that's like one way to go, but the way I just I just do the um I just have clippers, you know, some clippers that you buy some ostrich clippers or whatever. And I just shave my entire head with no attachment on it and shave everything off. And that's it. And, huh. 
Yeah, it's super yeah. easy. It's the way that to go. That is easy. Yeah, because shaving with like a razor, that sounds like a lot of work. And then you got to use like head polish and all that kind of shit. And, and then you got to learn your own head. And then you got to like, you're going to. Oh, that's a different thing. You, you will cut yourself when you start shaving your head. You will. It's going to happen because you, you don't know how hard or um, soft to do it. Like your your hand hasn't trained itself yet until you cut yourself a few times. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've been there plenty of times. Might be TMI, but uh, uh, we talk about everything. But have you ever tried to shave down uh, down in the nether regions? Yes, I can say yeah. I have. I've, I've tried that a handful of times, and uh, my success rate is not high. I've uh, I've cut myself down there pretty pretty often. That wrinkly, Ooh. soft little baby Ooh. skin Ooh. is very easy to nick and cut. Ah, this is one of those yeah. topics where it's like uh, nails on a chalkboard for me because I'm like. Um, constantly picturing it and gagging almost yeah. not not because it's i'm thinking of myself of course not you yeah <laughs> but, yeah no it's, it's it's a horrible thought i but, mean it's not yeah. just skin it's like that skin like that special oh, skin yeah you know? anything uh, yeah. that happens to that skin is extra cringe worthy yeah ooh, ooh. Okay. yeah man man yeah so uh i need some ginger to wash my mouth out <laughs> some ginger my wife eats ginger all the time she she has a lot of like upset stomach issues she has like uh red sauce and wine and all kinds of shit gives her like um uh, an acidic stomach and all that kind of stuff so she eats a lot of ginger and it helps her i fucking hate the taste of ginger really but what about when you go to sushi never touch it really never oh. and I, I from what i understand is good for you and it helps you digest sushi i don't know if that's true or not i'll never know because i won't touch it i fucking hate it well i thought it just was there to clear your palate between the uh, sushi maybe. plates so maybe. like i don't know because it is i cold never touched and the ginger but also on the same plate the little clump of fake wasabi they bring you uh is never enough i i use two or three times the amount of wasabi that they they plan on me using yeah, that's uh, that sounds like Megan right there. I she use eats a lot of wasabi. Yeah, she eats a lot of wasabi, like an unreasonable amount. I mean, don't get me wrong. <laughs> don't get yeah, that. No, I mean, I'm, that must I'm, be I'm there you. with her. Yeah, that's yeah. you. Right there. <laughs> as soon as they they set down that little plate, and there's a little clump of ginger. I'm never going to touch, but Sarah loves it, so that works out great. She can have all the ginger, and then a tiny little scoop of wasabi. And as soon as I look at it, I'm like, I'm going to need more than that. Like before I've even had one bite of one roll or anything. The second they set it down, I'm like, Hey, I'm just so you know, I'm going to need a lot more than that. So if you can bring me a big thing of wasabi, that'd be great. Can you bring the uh, biggest bucket you got of wasabi? <laughs> I need like an ice cream scoop, not this little dinky ball of of brown or green paste that you brought me. Thank so you. you're just asking for it, huh? Like when you eat your salmon, you want to taste it in your nose. Uh, oh, I love I love to be burnt. Yeah, even with like Mexican food, dude. I I use I buy this really nice habanero sauce. Uh, that actually I took a recommendation from Tim Ferriss. Um, he recommended a company called Yellow Bird. I think it's Yellow Bird out of out of uh, Austin, Texas. And they make really good uh hot sauce and one of them's this organic habanero sauce that has a little bit of citrus mixed in or something like that. Mm-hmm. And this hot sauce is fucking good, man. But it is pretty hot. Uh so you got to use it sparingly, but I put it on everything and and I love the burn. I love that feeling in the back of your nose where you're just, you know, it makes your nose run, makes your eyes water and and all that and yeah, that's all good stuff. You know, and so you put it on everything, but you're probably just saying that kind of uh, sparingly a little bit because 
you you also use other hot sauces too right like sometimes um a rooster sauce might go better with like an asian dish right or do you use that hot sauce on all dishes whether it's asian no. or no, you're you're, you're right. Or... So so this habanero sauce lends itself to like Mexican food or things like maybe like even scrambled eggs or whatever. But oh, not yeah, everything. Yeah. You're right. right. Yeah. Uh, for Asian food, which my wife makes a lot, she'll do a lot of like stir fries and kind of like rice and and vegetable and ground meat dishes that are Asian y. Uh, I use, I I do like chili pa- chili paste. Yes. Um, uh-huh. That yeah. one's really Sa- good. Salmon olek or something like that. Yeah, dude. And sriracha is pretty good. Um, But what I use more than anything is this green dragon sauce. And I don't know if that's what it's called. It has a picture of a dragon on it. It comes from Trader Joe's. Uh, We get it from Trader Joe's. It's in a little plasticky looking bottle and it's green and it's got a dragon on it. And that sauce is bomb, dude. How, what spice level are we talking compared to? Not high. Not high. It's spicy. Sriracha, sriracha spicy. Eh, maybe as spicy as sriracha, maybe a little less. Oh, so, so not, the um, not super spicy. The salmon olek, the the chili uh, um, paste or whatever, not paste, but yeah. Yeah. So the, what, what do they call that? Is it paste? The the chili? No, it's not paste. The chili sauce or maybe what, 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 that in the little short jar, whatever that is. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I like that one a lot. Uh, but yeah, this habanero sauce is bomb. Ooh, but on spicy stuff, you know what I started doing, and maybe I'm like kind of like a snooty, uh, highfalutin sushi snob now. But once I realized that the wasabi they bring you, that little green pasty ball of of stuff, is not real wasabi. Yeah, it's horse horseradish paste or whatever. Uh, that a lot of sushi places actually carry real wasabi. Uh, you got to pay for it. But it's like a little extra side dish, and it's it's a very different consistency. It's really liquidy with little chunks of of wasabi root in there. But that stuff is fucking good, dude. And good real wasabi is pretty damn spicy. Um, but it also doesn't mix into soy sauce very well. Like the the pasty fake wasabi mixes and dissolves into soy sauce perfectly to where you can mix it up, and then you've got this nice little light brown dipping sauce. So I still love to do that with the fake wasabi, but I like to buy the side of real wasabi and then just kind of take a little pinch of that real wasabi root and put it on top of each bite of sushi, yeah. and that'll, that'll fucking, that'll burn your asshole, but it's good, dude. I've had that uh, before as well at this one L.A. restaurant. And we, we did that. We got we ordered the real wasabi because we love sushi, too. And this place yeah. was, was really good. Um, so we, we go in and we ordered the sushi. And then they had wasabi for like $13. And it was like wasabi root. And they came out specially to, like, prepare this dish. And in mm-hmm. front of us, she, like, grinded this root or something along those lines and created the wasabi. And I was like, wow. So, um Maybe she did a mixture too or something. I can't really quite remember. But yeah, like you said, it was it was like a if I remember correctly, it was a sharper kind of pain jolt, but it didn't last as long. Yeah. It was kinda of like yeah, it's a different, boom. It was, yeah. It's a different burn, yeah. Uh-huh. And it's super flavorful. It's it's clearly the best choice, the better oh, choice. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. But not for mixing in soy sauce. It doesn't dissolve. It doesn't work the way you want it to work when you mix it into soy sauce. It doesn't break down. So you're that guy that's like, I want 
I want both. I want all I want the wasabis well, you have. No. It, it, the problem, <laughs> the problem takes care of itself. So I don't sound like the picky asshole right from the get-go. Yeah. Uh, I like to space out my pickiness to make it less noticeable. So right when they first come, one of the first things they do at any sushi bar is they sit down, set down that little plate with some ginger and a clump of fake wasabi. And uh, uh, I start with that. So I make my little uh, soy sauce dish, pour in some soy sauce, take almost the entire first clump of wasabi they bring because it's not enough, but take almost the whole thing, mix it into my soy sauce. Then I got a super spicy little thing of soy sauce. And then... Um, they notice almost every time like, oh, do you need more soy sauce or more wasabi or whatever? Cause it's all gone already. And if not, I'll just go, oh, can we get a little more wasabi when whatever? And there we're ordering our beers and, and all that kind of stuff early in the meal. And then once we start ordering our sushi, uh, our first round of rolls, um, or sashimi or whatever we're ordering, when we first start ordering, then I ask, oh, do you guys have real wasabi? Oh, we do. Sometimes they say no, and I'm super bummed. Um, but I order the real wasabi when we get our first order in, our first rolls or whatever. Uh, then it's not as noticeable that I'm this picky wasabi snob. Wow, you got that it's, down to a, a science there. It's my it's my strategy. Yeah, yeah. man, <laughs> you should be proud of yourself. <laughs> I've worked this out. I like sushi. <laughs> And I go to sushi a lot more. Uh, COVID kind of fucked it all up for me, but my job includes taking customers out to lunch a lot. And uh, uh, everyone loves sushi in California. I mean, I guess it's pretty pretty common everywhere, but especially in California. Uh, so when I'm taking customers out or whatever, they're always like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, lunch sounds great or whatever. I'm like, do you like sushi? Because <laughs> that's what I want to go to. And they're just like, oh, no, uh, I, there's this like little burrito place around the corner. We could just go there. And I'm like, fuck, man. Come on, let's go get sushi. It's on the company. Like, let's go get something good, you know? Uh, so I always try to urge my customers to uh, uh, go to sushi with me. And, and, and a lot of times I'm successful, so I do a lot of work sushi trips. I bet, I bet you're the sushi guy that likes to um, kind of keep it coming, right? Like, Oh, yeah. Like, you know me, give me a, I eat a give lot. Me, yeah, you, you eat a lot. And, and I eat a lot, a lot of do sushi. You, do you do the chef's kind of thing? Do you give the chef a little bit of like leeway? Fuck to, no. No, no okay. I do not have uh, any trust in the chefs at all. I do not. Do you? Well, that depends. If you do trust the chef, then you want them to make their own decisions because they're going to pick the freshest fish. Because really, it comes down to freshness most of the time, I think. Maybe my trepidation in trusting the chef comes from not going to one sushi bar regularly anymore. When we used to have our spot, Sushikawa in Corona, do you remember that? We used to go there all the time. Um, uh, that was our no, spot, dude. And we were friends with the owner, Sushi Rick, and he hired people from Japan. And he actually had like an exchange program or, or he was just bringing people in from Japan because all the employees at his sushi restaurant lived in his home and he brought them all over from Japan. Um and they were all his sushi students and his employees, and they lived with him. And they were all really great at making sushi. It was a fucking awesome little sushi bar. And we trusted that guy like no other. Like, we didn't even order. Uh, he knew we had a few favorites that he would just automatically start making for us. Um, some were on the menu. Some weren't on the menu. I'm but sure fried just, with the fried crust and stuff. And <clears throat> I've never been a big fan of the fried rolls, but he, he would bring, mm -hmm. if he brought it, I'd eat it. Uh, I always order like sashimi and sushi and, and rolls. Um, rarely fried rolls. Tempura? But no tempura? He, no, I'm not a big fan of tempura. Ooh, get a good uh, shrimp tempura. 
but this guy would just bring us whatever, and that's just the way it was. And uh, sometimes it was a little a little beyond our uh, our, our our flavor uh, choices, but it was always great. And sometimes it was just phenomenal. He was a great chef, so we trusted him. I was there all the time. He built up that trust. But now that I'm just going to some random sushi bar, I mean, I always try to look up reviews and pick a good sushi bar, but I have no relationship to the chef or the owner or anything. And and in that scenario, I can't trust the chef to just give me whatever. I feel like he's going to try to get rid of the old aging fish uh, if he has the choice because I'm I'm skeptical. I'll take the sushi boat, please. Yeah. And he's just like, ooh, chef's choice. And I'm like, yeah, chef's going to choose whatever's going bad today. Like, no. Yeah. No. It would have to be an upper end kind of restaurant, really. Sure. You yeah. Know, when you're yeah. like a special one, not like a daily kind of restaurant. No. I imagine. Like if they make me take my shoes off when I walk in, I'll trust that chef. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's my bar, my trust bar. You make me take my shoes off. We cool. You can pick what I eat. Other than that, show me a menu. And I know what I like, dude. I don't even need to see a menu, honestly. I only look at a menu because I want to see what they're doing with rolls and what I need to change. So, like, uh, for me, a menu at a sushi bar is just like a suggestion uh, or like a a starting point. of. You are a snob. You are a sushi snob. Here's the the rolls that you've put together, and I will build from there. Thank you. Stop trying to hide. You're trying to hide. You know you're a sushi snob. (laughs) And you're trying to hide it from them. And, and they're like, this guy's pulling one over on us. He's a sushi snob. I try to do it subtly, like too. Not, <laughs> so, like, I'll, I'll, look onto a, I'll look onto a roll and I'll be like, okay, they have a Hawaiian roll, which I love tuna and avocado. But I'll notice on the Hawaiian roll that, uh, that um, they're using spicy tuna on the inside of the roll. And no, 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 that's, 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 not, that's not what I'm looking for. Are you so, like sauce on this side, please? No, I don't really care about sauces. I'd prefer to have no sauces. I'd prefer just to give me the straight-up roll or sushi, and I will load it up with an insane amount of real wasabi and wasabi paste soy sauce mix. So I'm not a big sauce guy. Like that spicy orange sauce I like, but not a lot of it. Whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of whatever, whatever you think on the sauce. I'll, I'll trust the chef with the sauce. So you like sashimi, which I is love just, sashimi. just the strips. What is your straight favorite sash- sashimi? Oh, uh, bluefin. Bluefin. Okay. Bluefin. Yeah. Well, normally, okay, I guess they normally don't do bluefin sashimi. Usually, if they have bluefin in, uh, then it's bluefin sushi, and which is, you know, just a little strip of sushi on top of a little clump of white rice. Uh, so if they have bluefin in, and I feel like it's a nice place, I'll always order blue, bluefin. Um, if I'm just ordering uh, was sashimi then i always get yellowfin ahi and then maybe some salmon i like salmon sashimi too salmon's good yeah and tuna right uh just regular tuna ever no well yeah yeah tuna is ahi uh the the well i mean there's a lot of types of tuna so there's also albacore which is a tuna albacore is a different kind of meat and i like albacore but not a sashimi i like seared albacore uh i like albacore on a roll is fine but if I have a choice, I like ahi better than than albacore. It really gets deep with your snobbiness here. <laughs> kind it of like, that way. Yeah, I've I'm, never had to break it down in such detail. I, I I thought I was a little a little less obvious in my snobbery, but but uh, I kind of want to see you not. use chopsticks now because 
I'm very good at using chopsticks and I need to compete against somebody. And it sounds like Ooh. you might be pretty good competition. Uh, I'm just okay. Honestly, I, I don't know that I would give you a run for your money. I have to like, like to, to position my chopsticks. I kind of grab them both with my right hand. I'm right-handed. So I'll grab them both with my right hand, but I can't grab them perfectly with just my right. I have to kind of put the tips on the plate to get them both to be even. And then I have to use my left hand on the back end Ooh, of the sticks and one. kind okay. of like spread them a little bit. So I do have to position them in my hand, yeah. uh, which is very amateur. Um, but once positioned correctly, uh, then I'm pretty good with them. But needing to use the second hand at all in the first place kind of puts me in a lower class altogether. So uh, I think you might I'm, be holding them wrong. Uh, oh, maybe. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, maybe. But um, I get around. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I don't often drop a clump of sushi in my lap, so I'm doing all right. I, I'm no uh, I'm no showboater, I'm no pro, but I don't have to use those little spring loaded rubber band things they put together for amateurs and kids. Yeah, I use those for uh, Esme. Oh yeah, you gotta. I mean, kids can't use fucking chopsticks. Yeah, that's some uh, complex. We're really uh, getting hand deep. Articulation, right? Yeah, there. we're getting deep here. Yeah. Is this interesting at all? Is anyone listening to this going, wow, I love this. This is, this is fascinating hearing these guys break down eating sushi in such detail. I love sushi. When did sushi become like as ubiquitous as it is? I mean, growing up as a kid, I knew what sushi was, but I wasn't going to fucking eat it. I knew it was like raw fish and there weren't sushi bars on every corner like there are now. They, they were, they were not as uh, prevalent. Yeah, when, no. When did it, sushi it, become so widespread and it was almost taboo like i think for a while raw fish like no way yeah. no who's gonna eat raw fish that's disgusting i mean yeah, that, gross. that was for years my uh, opinion of it like no of sure. course i'm not gonna eat raw fish but um i think uh i remember i worked on this website a long time ago it was a restaurant website and on there they had um a sushi section he had a whole bunch of sections. He was, uh, it was chowbaby.com. And it said, he had a logo on there. It said something like sushi is chic. And what's funny is I thought that meant that was chick. (laughs) I remember I told my cousin, I'm like, yeah, it says sushi or that's chick. And she's like, chic. (laughs) She immediately knew like the dumb mistake I made. Um, (laughs) You're all damn. But I think that was like a that was even in 2000. I feel like it it started to become popular. Huh. But I mean, people have been All doing right. it since the 80s, though. But. Yeah, yeah. But but it was always like this specialty thing. There weren't that many sushi restaurants, and and it was kind of more of a uh, uh, just a rarity. I mean, it wasn't as common. And and I think it's become very Americanized. The sushi bars in California, at least, um, where. Uh, I don't know how close to like traditional Japanese sushi it even is anymore. I've never been to Japan. I don't know that I've been to a lot of super authentic Japanese restaurants, but um, I, I feel like what we're eating is pretty Americanized. It's fine mean, with me. It's it's awesome. But like how the rolls are deep fried. Well, and yeah, Philly, Philly uh, cream cheese on them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, cream cheese inside and and uh, mayonnaise sauce and all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, I, I doubt that's going on in Japan. Yeah, um, I don't think so. But I'm not a huge fan of those rolls anyway. Like, sure, I'll eat one if someone orders a ton of that or we're doing all you can eat. I'll be like, yeah, fuck it. Give me the big, fat, colorful roll. Like, why not? Um, but 
I don't know. Really, I just like sashimi, sushi, and 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 uh, some some really specific rolls. What do you order? What do you like at sushi? Um, you know, I'm kind of a play it safe guy because fishy taste to me just are yuck. And um, like so, mackerel. I think mackerel's fishy. I, I can't stand that. But what I do eat, I do eat tuna. And right. I think I've had bluefin tuna maybe once that you, what you're talking about there. Um, yeah. And then salmon. I love the salmon. And that's, yeah. that's kind of it. There's a white fish as well. That Escalar. I really, does it start it's with an shit. O? Yeah. Uh, it's Ono. Yeah. Oh, the no. Japanese name that's is it. Ono. Uh-huh. We call it Escalar. That is the uh, shit. You're right. It ta- a lot of times they call it buttery tuna too, because it just tastes like the, the buttery tuna it's it's buttery and and rich and and it's textury kind of similar to tuna but yep. it's, it's not a tuna yeah no but, that that i've had that before uh megan yeah. and i used to go to this one sushi bar and she would get that and it was it was amazing when they had yeah. it they didn't always have it but nope it's when, one of those hit and miss but when a place has it i, I always get escalar i like that you're starting to see it more and more too i think it's gaining in popularity and the then escalar sometimes market I, is off the off the chain man <laughs> <laughs> you got uh escalars all blinging showing their, yeah. their gold teeth <laughs> escalar in the house whoop, whoop. oh shoot what else dude uh um escalar super good uh, i just had a thought of something i was going to throw in there and it's gone now is it about sushi restaurants or just some random i thought it was sushi i don't know what it was anymore i don't know anything huh yeah, yeah. sushi's well, good yeah, sushi's good. <laughs> yeah, that, that's my addition to the conversation. Sushi good. Sushi good. Um, mm. Well, I'm not really contributing anything either. Now we're like, we like fell into a pit here. We're like, yeah. wait a minute. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'm looking at my coffee and it reminds me, reminds me of something I did yesterday. And I wonder if you ever do this or if I'm just a fucking robotic idiot. Uh Okay, so it's super fucking hot in California this week. We're, we're just barely scratching the surface of summer here, and we're still getting some nice days that are mild weather, but we're starting to get some of our super brutal 100-plus uh, degree fucking gnarly hot days. And yesterday was one of those days. And I brought my coffee like I always do. I drink way too much coffee, by the way. Uh, so I drink a ton of coffee before I leave the house, and right before I leave, I pour a gigantic amount of coffee into a big Yeti uh, coffee cup and bring it with me and it stays hot for a long, long time. And in the winter, that's awesome. But yesterday I went to work early. I was out in the sun for a while, got back into my truck. It was already hotter than shit and I was sweating and I still had a giant cup of super hot coffee and I drank it. And as I was drinking it, I was thinking, why are you drinking this? Uh, you've had plenty of coffee. You don't really want it. It's hotter than shit. Who wants hot coffee when it's hot and they're sweating and they just get back into a hot truck? And uh, I don't know. And as I was thinking, why are you drinking this? I just kept drinking it. It's good for the caffeine, right? Your body wants the caffeine. Didn't give, I mean, coffee tastes yes. great, though, dude. Coffee but I, does But I taste. did already have a shitload of coffee that day. It wasn't like I was short on caffeine or anything. I don't know. Yeah. Do you do that? Do you like coffee a lot? Um, I do. I do. I, I usually only drink two cups. So like after that, I start getting shaky and I just, oh. I don't like, I mean, I'm not literally shaking, but that's how I feel just, yeah, you can feel that kind of jittery, uh, uncomfortable, tweaky feeling. Yeah. You know, you can overdose from caffeine as well. I have, 
Um, really? Yeah. At when I drank too much coffee at your well, you had energy drinks. We stayed over the night over there one time. All and right. you you worked at that radio station, so you had like boatloads of energy drinks. And they're like probably the new up and coming energy drink trying to compete with the other energy drinks because you know, you gotta add more taurine, you gotta add more caffeine than the last guy. And they're super strong. And then I had like three cups of coffee at your house and I just hit the road and I was just like, man, I had to, I had to take a detour and stop at the Zen center and visit their restroom. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Coffee will make things move in your tummy, dude. Uh, That's a weird side effect. Is that the caffeine or is it something else? I don't think other caffeinated drinks make me have to shit so fast as, as coffee does. It must be something else in coffee. No, it's just the caffeine, and and also just the caffeine too, makes you shit. Yeah, well, I don't. I'm not sure. Like Maybe I don't drink so. a lot of energy drinks, but I have drank them, and when I drink a monster, it doesn't make me shit. Well, does coffee make you shit? Yes. See, sometimes I wonder though, because you know, sometimes you just think about drinking your coffee, and then you got to take a shit. You're like, oh, I'm about to get coffee. You're like about to pour it, and you're like, whoa, because your body's excited about the coffee. So it's not necessarily the coffee. <laughs> your but butthole's just like, I'm going to get coffee. Oh, no, I got yeah, a shit. Yeah. <laughs> Have you oh, had that man. before where you're like, oh, no, pour oh, yeah. coffee, and you got to get the coffee in the bathroom if you can. Dude, because it's like, it's like Pavlovian or Pavlov, you know, Pavlov's uh, whatever, where he, what did he do? He like played a sound or something, and it made the dog salivate. Uh, so yeah, like certain, that's... um, certain physical things can be triggered by mental keys or cues. Uh, what about this, dude? What about going through your entire day and never feeling like you have to poop or anything? You're totally fine. And you get home and you pull out your keys and your key hits the front door. And all of a sudden you need to shit like now. It's like your butthole knows your butt you're starts home. relaxing. That's right. Or as, yeah. as you're walking, as you're getting closer to home, it starts saying, "Oh yeah, oh," and you don't. Uh, you're not dude. even doing anything, dude. No, you're just you're just getting closer to the toilet, and your butt's just like, "Yeah, almost there, almost there." <laughs> it's and having a like, party. Whoa, whoa, yeah. butthole, relax. I gotta stop at the grocery store before we go home and get some milk. And your butthole's like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, I didn't plan on that extra ten minutes." Like, that's right. I'm timing. I'm timing my poop for the amount of time we have left to get to the house, and that's when I'm pooping. If you're in Stater Brothers when that happens, that's your problem. Dude. <laughs> that's but right. I'm, I'm pooping in 10 minutes. <laughs> that's so true. It, yeah, because you'll think about it. You'll set a timer for them. You're like, hey, I'm telling you we have 30 minutes. But then if, if something pops up during that time, he doesn't care. He's, no, no, no. And your butthole's yeah. like, all right, 30 minutes. I'm good. I won't, I won't you know, make your stomach hurt or I won't, I won't start poking my head out or anything. I'll wait 30 minutes. We're cool. But in 30 minutes, I'm pooping. Uh, and if you're not home, you're stuck in traffic. You got to stop at the store for milk. That's your problem, dude. I'm pooping. The body's so smart, isn't it? It's so amazing. You know, what sucks too, is that it's a shorter amount of time, but when you're walking into the bathroom and your butthole's like, yeah, it's game on, dude. I'm like, I'm like 14 (laughs) seconds from pooping and your butthole's ready. And then you sit down, you get ready and there's no toilet paper. Oh yeah. And then you're like. Okay, yeah. I've got a roll of toilet paper in the hallway cabinet, and it's just it's just right around the corner. It's right there, but your butthole's like, uh-uh, uh-uh. I don't have 30 seconds 
for you to go get that roll of toilet paper. Like that tiny amount of time is crucial yes. at that moment. Oh yeah, yeah. We're talking about time. Yeah, very yeah. limited yeah. amount of time. Yeah, your butthole's like, uh, uh-uh, uh, dude. I've I've already like I've already uh, pressed the release button. I've pulled the rip cord. Like I'm pooping. I'm sorry you don't have toilet paper, but that's your problem. And then you start turning into MacGyver too. You're like. <laughs> you look around what yeah. kind of toilet paper are there any washcloths mm. around here or, yeah or mm. something that i could throw away or that, get... that magazine is on glossy print uh, that's not gonna work yeah. mm. and then you uh, just end up just crawling or bending over and crawling out to oh, the, the, oh. <laughs> hoping to god nobody ever catches you the most painful walk yeah. oh man of course your pants you know, are it's... down around your ankles as well you know, of course, which I mean, under normal circumstances is uh, is sketchy. But dude, lately we've we've got a nanny at our house, and I come home from work sometimes, and I do that just got home from work poop thing, to where when a situation like this occurs, and I've got to go like stagger down the hall to go grab some toilet paper with my pants around my ankles and full blown hunched over like about to poop <laughs> mode, I'm like, our nanny could easily just walk around the corner right now, and that would be embarrassing. She knows what <laughs> you're doing. She knows. <laughs> she knows. Oh my god. Oh dude. But that is a that is a state in which I hope to never be seen. They're like here here he comes to go poop out his bananas. Uh, uh, <laughs> you remember my banana, banana man. Thing. Oh dude, I am. I am a fucking <laughs> banana freak. Oh shit. I just uh, went the other day and I went to Trader Joe's and and uh I like to buy my produce there. They got good produce. And I got a fucking gigantic shipment of bananas and oh, hot I, off the uh, truck. Uh, well, I, I did what I told you about last time. So I bought three bunches. One yep. of them was super green and hard. One of them was just kind of green and medium hard. And another one was yellow and ready. You can eat today. Yeah. Yeah. They're today's bananas. And the next ones are three days from now. And the next one overlaps the next batch of gigantic, uh, uh, shipment of bananas. And, uh, I put them all in, and now I make sure to count my bananas before I put them all in that super thin, frustrating bullshit bag, because uh, I fucking overload that bag beyond its weight capacity. And uh, <laughs> okay, so I counted eighteen bananas, mm-hmm. and I put them all and put them in my cart, do all my shopping and all that. At the end, I'm checking out, and the Trader Joe's people are all so nice and talkative, and they're going through and putting all my shit in bags and all that. And the big gigantic sack of bananas is down at the bottom. And she works her way all the way down to that huge sack of bananas. And I just volunteer the info right off the bat. I go, there's 18 of those in there. And they really appreciate that because if I don't tell them how many's in there, they've got to pull out all of these fucking bananas and count them because that's how they charge for bananas is, you know, so many cents per banana or whatever. So I've learned that at Trader Joe's where it it does them a favor. It does them a solid if I count them as I put them in the bag and then tell them when they get to them in the checkout process, uh, because I'm sure they don't want to just fucking count this enormous satchel of bananas. Um, does the, the checker like give a little glint in his eye and give you a yeah. little nod and be like, they appreciate it. You're doing they it do. right. You're doing it yeah. right. You, you, you get it. Yeah. You get yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's totally that. Uh, and it took me a few times to where I, I forgot to count. And they're just like, oh, they've even asked me a few times when I forgot to count. Like, oh, do you know how many are in here? And I'm like, oh, no, 
I just grabbed a fucking ton and shoved them into that sack. I'm sorry. You have to count them all now. You're right. They're trying uh, to train us. And we're too that's stupid. Exactly. We're too exactly. stupid to hear. It's like, oh, yeah, I should know how many lemons I have in that bag before I get up there because she doesn't want to count yeah. them. And I, I could easily verify that fact. Well, for normal people, when there's three lemons, it's pretty easy just to hold up the bag. All right, three lemons in there. But when you've got this just bursting at the seams, overloaded sack of fucking uh, an insane number of bananas, there's no obvious number. It's like, guess how many M&Ms are in the jar? You know, it becomes a a baby shower game at that point. Uh, So you're right. I think she's training me. uh, Did you eat a banana today? uh, Yeah, every day. But not yet. Uh... I have a very regimented routine and repetitive eating uh, habit. And my banana is included in a peanut butter sandwich. Uh, and I eat that usually around 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon. We're not there yet. Usually around, oh, it's in a peanut butter sandwich. So peanut butter. A peanut butter, yeah. So yeah. you slice yeah. a banana in half? Uh-huh. No, no, in half. What, what, like a fucking hot dog or something? No, <laughs> no I don't know. Describe to me. How does it, how does it right. work? Well, you, you lay two pieces of bread down. Uh-huh. You spread peanut butter on each side. Yeah. Then you slice up the banana in nine. Uh, Ooh. In oh, nine I see. uniform width uh, discs. Oh. And then you place those nine banana discs on the bread in three rows of three. Um, and then you place the other slice of uh peanut buttered bread on top of that one creating a banana sandwich do you cut off the uh the The tips the pointy little fucking bullshit tips well no i know you do that (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) you meant those fucking little banana nipples like yeah fuck yeah cut those no i mean the edges of the bread Oh, what, like crust? Shit, man. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm a grown man. I eat crust. Thank you. (laughs) Asshole. Well, you're a sushi snob. I didn't know if you're a banana bread or a a banana sandwich uh, snob, too. Fair enough. Fair enough. No, no, I I, I leave the crust intact. Sounds pretty good. Thanks for sharing that recipe because that would, (laughs) I could visualize the nine. Yeah. Yeah. That layout was perfect. It's a tic tac toe pattern. It's a complex recipe. It is. Uh, Maybe try it a few times before you, before you, uh, you know, really uh, uh, feel like you got it. But it's, uh, it's good. It's good. I like it. I bet it makes you thirsty, though. Man. Uh, Peanut butter. Yeah. I drink a lot of water too, so I usually bring a couple of bottles of water with me. And and uh, after that banana sandwich, that peanut butter banana sandwich, it's it's uh, necessary to chug an entire bottle of water for sure. So how long have you eat- been eating the peanut butter and banana sandwich for years? Or uh, yeah, probably a couple years, maybe just a year, a little over. Like I do this thing ever since I started. Like we've talked about keto before on the show. And ever since I started keto, that kicked me off on a whole, like, paying attention to what I eat or having some sort of an eating strategy um, in my lifestyle. And the the eating strategy changes, but when I have a strategy, I stick to that strategy like it fucking matters, even though it doesn't matter. But I treat it like it does, and I'm super disciplined in the way I eat, whatever that strategy happens to be at the time. And whether it's lose weight or gain weight or try to build muscle or whatever. And I'm not saying I'm good at it, uh, but I do stick to whatever strategy I've decided to stick to, like fucking, like religion. And uh, 
for a while now, a peanut butter and banana sandwich has been included in that strategy in many different forms of the strategy. Uh, but I want to say maybe two years now, that's been a daily, uh, a daily thing. That sounds pretty good. That sounds pretty neat. I like it. It's a satisfying, filling, tasty, healthy, uh, treat, but the peanut butter you choose is important. We're talking a lot about food in this episode. Yeah, Um, I guess we're hungry. I'm kind of (laughs) hungry. I guess, man. (laughs) But, uh, uh, the peanut butter you choose matters. And I never knew that until I started paying attention to food, like fucking Skippy and Jiffy and Peter Pan peanut butter and all that just normal kind of, of, of affordable peanut butter is like candy. Basically it's full of sugar. Yeah. I never knew that shit. Uh-huh. They, they had four grams of sugar. Yeah. To each they teaspoon. Put, they put a lot of fucking sugar in there. There's a lot of sugar in there. And I don't just eat a teaspoon of peanut butter as you can imagine. I eat in fucking fistfuls of it. Uh-huh. Uh, so, yeah, shitty peanut butter is all sugar. It's candy, basically. So I, I at that point, when I started paying attention to what I was eating, then uh, I started picking, like, just natural peanut butter, where it's just the only ingredient is peanuts. Um, and uh, that's, that's really good for you. A lot of healthy fat, uh, protein, some carbs, but it's it's all good shit. Yeah, I think fat is is one of the ones that people, when they hear it, like, oh, you eat fat, it, they're like, no, you're not supposed to eat fat. Actually, I think is one of the better ones for you. I mean, you yeah. need you need a good mixture of all three, right? To, yes, I like, think that, that relationship is important. Although not when you're doing keto, you only want a shitload of protein and fat and no carbs. Uh, yeah. yeah, which is a weird diet, but it works, like we've talked about before. But yeah, I think in a truly healthy, sustainable, lifelong eating strategy plan, uh, you want a good mix of carbs and fat and protein. But the fat, of, the fat part of it is super important. But I think, and 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 I know this is true, but I don't know how to, I don't know the difference between the types of fat. I just know that there's good fat and bad fat. And peanut butter and fish and uh, that kind of stuff is all good fat, like olive oil or avocado oil. Those are all good fats. But vegetable oil you know, is bad. Uh, yeah, like vegetable oil, like margarine and uh, things like that. Like I Sesame never knew. Sesame oil like, is not so hot either for you. Yep. Yep. Uh, olive oil is good and uh olive oil is good avocado oil is good i use that i use the hell out of peanut that. Like oil is good oil. they peanut have peanut oil, oil as well yep so those are all good like omega e kind of fats where you know things like beef fat is probably not so good for you um or like lard right like like uh, flour tortillas uh those sorts of fats aren't quite as good for you yeah um bad for you in fact tortillas are a trippy one too I never gave a lot of thought to tortillas and straight up cheapy, just regular fucking flour tortillas are like really bad for you. But there's all kinds of like really good tortilla options that have tons of fiber and a lot of protein and not so much bad fat. Um, So I've switched to those a while back and there's some really good ones out there that are nice and soft and make a hell of a burrito and all that kind of stuff. But you're eating a much healthier tortilla than the old lard fatty flour tortillas. Is it one of the Trader Joe's brands, I'm guessing? Uh, yeah, they have good tortillas, but I don't get those. We get um, La, La Tortilla, I think, is the brand. It's just a, a, a brand oh, of tortillas. The more, and, and, yeah, the more um, authentic them, They're version. like whole wheat. One of them's even like pea protein, which sounds fucking weird. And they're even a greenish tint, but they're really good. They're soft. They taste great. They hold together. Uh, those are bomb, too. And they're all really good for you. A lot of those burgers, I think, are pea protein, the, the fake uh, 
Yeah. The like burgers. the Beyond, the yeah, Beyond, Beyond Burgers or uh-huh. the... You're going to say Impossible Burgers. Impossible, impossible Burgers. Yeah. That's something different. I don't know exactly what that is. One of them is pea protein. Uh, yeah, the I know Beyond, a guy who's all about that. He's like super afraid of meat. He's convinced meat's fucking the devil. And uh, he still eats it, but says it, you know, he avoids it as much as possible. And he eats a lot of those weird Beyond and Impossible Burgers and all that. I shouldn't call them weird. I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I like meat and I'm averse to avoiding meat. Yeah, we went through that subject too. It's like, I, I would feel better if I didn't eat meat, but I like meat and I eat meat. Yeah, meat's good. Uh, and it may make my life shorter. That's okay. Uh, it'll be a shorter, happier life. I like meat. Some people need it. We just, you just need it, I think. I Yeah, I do. Maybe other people don't. I don't know. I got nothing against Beyond Meat or Impossible Meat, but I like meat. Meat. I'm cool with it. But I do like trying different eating strategies, and maybe one day that'll include Impossible Meat, but who knows? I don't know. I never would have thought I would have tried keto or any of that. I never used to be diet-minded or gave a shit or anything, and it just became an interesting thing I wanted to try, and I enjoy it. Like, I'm not worried about my weight or... I don't have any reason for dieting or any of that. That all sounds terrible, but I enjoy like having eating strategies and and seeing how eating this or that and exercising uh, what what it results in, whether I can burn fat or build muscle or any of that. Like it's kind of fun. I can't help but to think about there was one video and it said it was like trying to describe the future. I don't remember what it was, but it was like um, you'll eat less meat. And then it was like, um, uh, you'll own nothing and be happy. Oh. Um, and, uh, yeah, who was that? There was a, uh, a British talk show guy. Now he has a podcast and he was in, was he in something about Mary? You know, the super cool guy, that suave guy. That's like, uh, he's not British. Maybe he's French, but, um, he goes into um, talking about this and I saw his video on that, but it was interesting. They're trying to push forward like people not eating meat so much. And uh, I kind of want to make my own decisions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm all about, uh, you know, being good to animals and, and reducing animal suffering. Like I like animals a lot, uh, but I like meat a lot too. And I don't know. I mean, it's a bummer that there's a there's a beef industry that that uh, butchers cows on mass. And I'm sure they're mistreated and and all that. And there's a better way to kill them, which is a weird way to say, like, hey, let's kill something uh, more humanely. Like, yeah, I mean, you're still killing animals, right? All that's terrible. But uh, I don't know. I like meat. I don't know what to say. I'm, I'm, it's, it's paradoxical. I don't know what to do. Meat's good. I don't want to hurt anything, but I, I want to eat it. I don't I don't know. So violent, what do you do? Like, so violent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? Oh, man. Hey, so it's Father's Day this weekend. We talked a little bit about it last week. You doing anything? Um. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be a big no. I'm not doing anything, which is, oh, is kind of nice. Which is yeah. what you want, right? That's, that's yeah. a huge win. Yeah, and when I say nothing, I mean nothing that I'm forced to do or that I have to do, but... The things I enjoy doing is working in the garden and I want to finish that drip system that I have back there Ah. and get that going. And then, um, you know, doing the whole swimming in the pool, garden, alternate, you know, that's always nice. Nice. And, um, 
yeah, I think, oh, oh, and then I got a new, uh, I'm going to do a room partition inside here in, okay. in the man cave. And I got these tracks, like um, curtain tracks, but, you know, they're like real smooth. I had those in the L.A. Uh, man cave Is that as how well. they like separate beds in a hospital room? They have like that kind of curtain you pull between the two beds? Yep, yep. Just right. like that. Yeah. So I got some of those and it's going to be a big area and I got like these nice curtains and I have to do this because it gets hot in here and it's going to be like 90 today, but I got to keep my, I, I want to be cool, but I want a right. little section, a little room section here and, and okay. it'll encompass all my electronics. So when the AC is on, it'll keep those cool too. Hmm. Nice. Yeah. All right. So it's mainly just about temperature control. Yeah, yeah, mostly. But it, right. it's going to have that added benefit where I'm probably not going to sound so echoey if I do, if you heard it. Oh, okay. It'll enclose your uh, your recording space and your computer and stuff? Uh-huh, yep. All right, nice. Yeah. That's cool. That's fun. Yeah, yeah, I wish I could upgrade yeah. my studio. I love playing with audio gear and studios and recording, and I used to have my little recording room and, and all that, but now uh, I had to gut that room and turn that into the baby's room and that's all cool and all that but i do miss my studio I like yeah well you that. were talking before about making your garage more into a studio oh i'm too. going to it's just a very slow process i've got very little time to dedicate to it and uh there's still a lot of shit in my garage just stuff dude and most of it's kid stuff dude like a few big kid things and boxes i haven't even put together yet that we probably never need and should return but we bought it too long ago to return it just stuff we don't need and taking up space and that kind of nonsense you know i don't need it i don't have room for it but i don't have time to address it i got a lot of that shit around the house right now yeah i know it's like oh i need to get around to throwing that out but you want to like collect <laughs> as much stuff to throw out first so that you can or have figure a long out, trip. Yeah. yeah, or or the dreaded, oh, maybe we know someone who could use it. Like, oh, fuck. That's never going to happen, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, I, yeah, you're the throwing out guy. Oh, fuck yeah. You're Throw the, it all away. Yeah, the, <laughs> well, and not even like if it is something brand new in a box or still totally usable, like I'll just I'll just take it to like a Goodwill or a Salvation Army or, or you know, one of those sorts of things. Uh, maybe someone can use it, but it's it's in my way and i'm never going to use it i don't fucking want it anymore you know and my wife is borderline hoarding where she always thinks and it's very sweet of her but she always thinks like oh maybe we know someone who is going to have a baby soon or maybe someone else can use it or maybe we know someone who could uh gift it to someone they know or whatever i'm like yeah those those are all great intentions but i want it gone today like you want to call your friends and see if anyone wants it like now because <laughs> i want it gone like now yeah uh because that's, then that's she's the only like, time it's going to get done. Is but now like, is you know. <laughs> now is only the only time, and uh, she always feels like she's like um, she'll go like, man, you just need to relax, you know. Well, we'll get it done. We'll get it done. And I'm like, it's been here seven months. No, it, it hasn't gotten done, yeah. you know. Like fuck. And then I'll do the asshole thing where I'm like, okay, I will leave it here for two more weeks, and if it's still sitting here untouched and no one called and nothing happens in two weeks it's gone and she'll be like fuck you you know just like you you aren't the you aren't the dictator you're not doing all that and i'm just like god damn it uh i want it gone my daughter has some hoarding uh my a little little bit of hoarding a little bit of hoarding in there just a little bit of indications because i thought one of the funniest things was uh 
she went with me to go trade in one of my cars. So we went and traded in the car and got a got our new car and drove that home. And for like months, she was saying, Daddy, you know that car that we traded in? Were there any of my toys in that trunk? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Really? Yeah. I oh. mean, for months. I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if she brought it. Well, not now, but this was like a couple of years ago. She just asked me like all the time. Like she was so sad. Like she somehow really felt like some of her toys were in the back of that trunk. Oh, my gosh. For her to bring that up to you, that means that she's thinking about it a lot. Yeah, she's sad. Like laying in bed at night. She's just like, got to be some toys in the trunk of that car my dad gave back. I know it. That Barbie, that Barbie I love and I can't find anywhere. I'm sure it was in that car. Yeah, she's, de- she's deducing something for sure. She's yeah, like, yeah. Uh, nah, that's interesting. Yeah, huh. yeah. So there's huh. that. And yeah, just you can't really throw anything out. I mean, like I have this old... Um, bookshelf that was in the man cave that i just replaced it with like a newer cool nice bookshelf yeah and i mean this this old one is just trash and she's just like daddy i don't want to throw out that bookshelf i'm like oh gosh like why do you care why do you even care you know i don't know (laughs) but yeah so it's just it's it's so cute though how these little personalities are oh yeah it is it is uh but in that sense do you ever feel like, like in your mind, that bookshelf is already gone. It's just a matter of like doing it and getting rid of it. You've already let go. You, you don't, you're not attached. And then you find out she's attached to it. And then you're like, ah, oh, fuck. Like that, that, that impedes my ability to eliminate this thing. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm giving it a second look now. I'm like, wait a minute. Maybe I do yeah. need that bookshelf. <laughs> oh man. Or if I get rid of it, she's going to be sad or, or, you know, feel that sense of loss. And, uh, then, then it's like, okay, what do I do here? Do I try to convince her it's a good thing? Do I tell her, oh, baby, this bookshelf is broken. Uh, it's got splinters. We, we can't have this in the house for your own safety. Like, okay, maybe that's one route. Or maybe the other route is just get rid of it when she's gone and maybe she'll never notice. Well, yeah, that, that second one's better. But that first, <laughs> the first one, here's what I found out about, about that most recently, about the kind of telling a little white lie in order to get rid of it. We used to do that more with her and do like a little white lie. And like me and her, me and Megan would be talking about somebody who we didn't want Esme to know. And, okay. um, but Esme was right there. And then when Esme paid attention to the conversation, we would say, Oh, you know, we're just talking about one of daddy's old friends or whatever. And we don't do that anymore because, you know, I think it, she's using her deduction skills. She may actually know who we're talking about, mm. you know, and then we're, and then we totally just lie to her and say, Oh no, we're talking about this person down the river. And she's like, well, that's weird because I thought you were talking about maybe the, you know, such and such. She may have gotten it right is what I'm saying. Right. And then I'm totally lying to her and telling her, don't trust your instincts. Oh, you know, I, I want her to learn that she maybe maybe you're on the right track of what you're, oh, you know, interesting. Mm-hmm. Either, you're, you maybe you're telling her don't trust your instincts or don't trust us. Yeah, that that too. That too. Maybe she's yeah. like, no, I know who you're talking about. Maybe she's not even questioning herself. She's like, I know who you're talking about. You're fucking lying to me. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah both bad. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. 
those yeah, little those are, little things are important, but you know, it's it's easy to overlook them just just because like what we were talking about before that that lie, you tell a little yeah. lie in order to get out of a big situation. But you sure. don't sometimes we don't see sometimes the impact of the lie is good, sometimes uh-huh. it could be bad. Well, and I think we underestimate kids' uh, ability to understand, um, or we just get lazy and we just don't want to explain certain things or whatever. And it's really easy just to treat them like little idiots and just go like, "Oh no, no, that's that's not what that was, sweetie. It's this." And and I think kids are able to understand a lot more than we think they can, or certainly they can understand more than they can communicate or make it obvious that they understand. Uh, so it's so easy to fool yourself into thinking like, oh, I'll just deceive them and it'll be simple and, and harmless. Um, but probably not, probably not a good idea. Yeah. It's kind of the easy not. way out and That's the easy right. way out is rarely the better way to go. Yeah. With, with your kids, take the time and do the explanation about yeah. who you're talking. You're right. We were talking about that person. Yeah. Um, we shouldn't have been, we were trying, you know, and tell her the truth. And then she's going to learn from that and say like, oh yeah, yeah uh, I was right. Yeah. Uh, I know how to spot it again. Sometimes I, like, I err, oh, okay, what am I trying to say? I am the kind of person who admits fault very readily. I'm very quick to say out loud and let other people know I got something wrong. Uh, And, like, you know, if I just kind of make a mistake or explain something wrong, I'll be the first one to go, oh, yeah, no, I got that wrong or this or that. I'll, I'll accept blame very readily. Um. And I think that's a good thing to pass on to my kids. But I wonder, I'm just thinking out loud here. So if I say something that uh, is that I shouldn't have said, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm gossiping about someone, which is wrong, but I, I, I've done it. I don't do it a lot, but I do it. Uh, so maybe my wife and I might be gossiping about someone and the kid overhears it. Then would I be better off admitting fault and saying like, oh, yeah, so we were talking about so-and-so. And it's not nice that mommy and daddy were talking about this person because... Um, it's not nice to talk about people and I feel bad about it and I was wrong to, to do that. So then your kid sees, oh, daddy did something wrong. Um, I wonder if that's the better play, you know? Well, yeah, no, I, I think I, um, I mean, I, it sounds to me like it's an energy question, right? Cause a negative energy, you're kind of talking about bringing in a negative energy, I think. Well, yeah. Do you want your kid to see you as someone who is doing those bad things, which maybe that's not great, but I almost like the idea that they're seeing me as someone who's able to admit fault and, and be accepting of, of blame and be aware of it. And now I know better and I won't do it again. Like that all sounds good, but I don't know if I'm creating a negative, uh, um, experience for the kid or a positive experience. Yeah, no. Maybe, maybe it's situational. Situational, right? Yeah, it, it's it's so it's so funny how that is. It's almost like, um, and sometimes you don't really realize what's best until after the event happens, and then you look back on it and you say, and, and I'll check with my wife because sometimes there's been times where she's testing us a little bit more, uh-huh. and we have to handle it, and. I'll do something or say something, you know, either a little bit, I'll raise my voice and get a little bit more stern or I'll say something other else. And it hurts me to say it. And I know it hurts her. Of course, it's not, there's pain all around. And then I'll tell, I'll talk to Megan and I'll say, how did I do? Was that right? That I did that, you know, and she, I use her as that guidepost. Oh, that's cool. All right. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta be that for each other because it's tough to, uh, really judge yourself impartially 
Uh, not that your partner is impartial, but more impartial than yourself, or certainly watching things from the outside and can give you a little bit of a different uh, uh, perspective on things. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. That's good to have that relationship with your wife. I think I do too. Uh, sometimes it's just tough, but where you ask them like, hey, how was that? Or or you want to make sure you're on the same page. And uh, that's that's all that's all good stuff. You know what made me think of? We were talking about lying in the last podcast. And what you're talking about now just made me think of a lie I told that still sticks with me. And I'm not sure if I did the right thing or not, but I'll tell you the story. You tell me. So when I was younger and much more irresponsible and and more prone to blow things up, we were celebrating 4th of July in my mom's backyard. And a few of me and my friends, our friends, were drinking and we were lighting off fireworks in the backyard, uh, like like illegal fireworks, like bottle rockets and nothing major, but, you know, some mortars and bottle rockets and things you're not allowed to blow up in the, the city of Corona, California. And uh, my nephew was there. Now, my nephew has seen me do a lot of bad things, but at this point, he was at an age where he was probably, fuck, dude, I don't know, maybe 11, maybe 10 where he was understanding much more things and was starting to develop his own moral compass and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. So my 10-year-old nephew is watching me and my friends getting drunk and blowing things up in the backyard and laughing, having a great time, thinking it's all super cool. At some point, the doorbell rings, and it's a cop. And a cop is going, hey, uh, we've had some reports of fireworks. Are you guys lighting off fireworks in the backyard? And I, I open the door and I'm the one talking to the cop. He's asking me if me or anyone in this house is lighting off fireworks. And my 10 year old nephew is standing right behind me, listening to what I say and watch this whole thing go down. And I obviously say the obvious answer. No, sir. Not lighting off any fireworks here. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Questions me a little bit, but that's my story and there's nothing really more he can do. So, uh, that's the end of the conversation. Are you lighting off fireworks? Nope, I'm not lighting off fireworks. Okay, have a good night. Close the door. Situation over. Yeah. My nephew was absolutely perplexed by the whole thing. Uh, his uncle, me, who he looks up to, just lied to a police officer who he holds as a very respectable person in society. He's got nothing but admiration for police. And his uncle, Mike, just lied to one. And it twisted him in knots. And he didn't really know how to how to handle the situation. Uh, he was just kind of like, man, I don't know what to think here. My Uncle Mike just lied to a police officer, you know? And I never thought about that at all in the, in the situation at the time. I was A, drunk, and B, like, I'm not going to tell a cop, yes, sir, I was lighting off fireworks, take me to jail. I just did the obvious thing and lied to the cop and told him, no, I wasn't lighting off fireworks. But I never even thought about the... Uh, the result of me lying to a cop in front of my my 10-year-old nephew who looks up to me. And that has always weighed on me a little bit. And I wonder, like, did I do the right thing? I mean, shit was the right thing to admit to lighting off fireworks and put myself in a bad legal situation? Like, no, but maybe it would have been worth it to be a better role model. I don't know. Uh, I'll never know because I didn't do it. I lied. Well, JT has grown up just fine. He's he's a heck of a he's a man now, right? Yeah, he is. He's twenty two, or he'll be twenty two this year. Yeah, he's he's really a solid kid. He's um, I remember speaking to him at your birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it was kind of neat. Yeah, he's he's a deep 
person too. Yeah, he's grown well. into a good person. Yeah. What um, would you have done? What was the right well, thing to do? Well, you know, there? I sometimes it's kind of like uh you know, there's the black or white scenario where you look at it kind of like a pure right or wrong thing and then there's kind of also kind of like an energetic scenario and um and almost in a way it's like if you said yes or no uh the energy would still kind of be the same maybe i i mean i i'm maybe just hypo- hypothesizing out of my ass i don't know but you know i i think it was just the energy around it and uh i don't think it was such a bad thing to witness but i mean it's true you did lie to a cop and i can imagine he he's probably thoroughly confused but at the same time kids have uh uncles are known to be a little bit unwieldy i mean that's just mm-hmm. kind of how uncles are oh i mean i'm not saying i'm not excusing anybody that's unwieldy but you know right. generally an uncle that doesn't have kids yet and is not married and settled down you're more often going to hear about you know oh okay so it's easier for him to wrap his head around why his young drunk punk rock uncle lied to a cop probably not that far-fetched yeah yeah right. i mean now what about common the exact story. same scenario now what about the exact same scenario except the kid watching me lie to a cop is my son I think the kid would question authority after that and think, yeah, I mean, definitely not, not a good situation, I think in either way, but at at the same time, very situational too. Right. You know, I I don't know exactly how to answer that. Um, I mean, well, I mean, first I'm doing a bad job of lighting off fireworks and getting drunk in front of my son in this imaginative scenario. Uh, but that, that, that'd be a tough one. And I don't think I would want to have him see me lie to a cop and then he starts, I mean, questioning authority is not necessarily a bad thing, but um, having your son see you lie to a cop isn't exactly the way you want them to uh, see you. Um, but then what's the alternative? Admit to lighting off fireworks and, and get arrested? Yeah. And I don't know. In, in don't either to case. That either, right? No, in either case, the the kid is going to come out with some sort of an increased reverence for authority. I think Okay. Uh, even, I mean, even though uh, you lied, it was, um, you couldn't tell the truth. You felt something yeah. avoided you from telling the truth. So the answer so, here is probably like, just don't uh, light off a bunch of fireworks and get drunk uh, like an idiot in front of your kid or nephew. I would discourage that kind of behavior. That's probably, probably the better, more mature. I would choice. discourage that kind of behavior. Yes, yes, that's that's <laughs> not advisable. Oh man, well, this has been fun. It's always a ton of fun talking to you, D. Yeah, you too. Uh, you too well, you have a great Father's Day. Yeah, and uh, I always say, say hi to the fam. I don't know if you do it or not, but seriously, say hi to the family. I, I miss will. you guys. I will miss you guys too, man. All right, brother. All well, right, you take it easy. This okay. is a ton of fun. And I will talk to you soon. Have a great one, man. Later. You too, brother. Later. Thanks a lot for listening. We really appreciate you joining us. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast listening app. And for more episodes and info, check out DerekandMike.com. Thanks again. We'll see you next time.